Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All right, all right, all right, everybody. Unemployment claims top 30 million in the U.S. this week. So how are things with you? Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, my quarantine friends. I'm your co-host, Joel Stir Crazy. It's not just a movie starring Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder Cheeseman. And I'm Chad. I am sick of this shit. So wash. <laughs> and on this week's show, more industry layoffs. Layoffs. Amazon keeps sticking it to the working folks Jeez. and drive through strip clubs. Yeah, uh, you heard that me? right. Stick around to find out more after this word from our sponsor. Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform, empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text, and so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center, while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. You know who is texting at the speed of talent? Everybody who was in the NFL draft. All those guys had their phones all up in their mugs. What a weird viewing situation. I was watching with my dad, who's in yeah. Austin. Uh-huh. He knew it before I heard it. So I had to, I had to tell him, like, Dad, just shut the hell up for 15 <laughs> seconds after you know who it is. And then you could tell that the players didn't know when they announced it to the world because they had a time little lapse there. It was just a weird thing. I I didn't like it too much. Yeah, no, it was it was weird. Let's just put it that way. And they apparently were using Microsoft Teams for that. So that was that was interesting. I had a really hard time being an Ohio State Buck. I had a hard time knowing that the Colts 
could have picked up J.K. Dobbins, but they picked up Jonathan Taylor instead, which I thought was a mistake, but I wasn't mad because then J.K. all day got picked up by the Ravens, a running powerhouse team. And uh, I'm not I'm not credibly, incredibly mad about that. I was really, really excited to see Dobbins go to the AFC North where he will punish the Cleveland Browns for the next <laughs> 10 to 12 years. That was that was nice. And we passed on uh, Malik Malik Harris. Uh-huh. Uh, at the linebacker position, I think in the third round uh, and took some bum from LSU. So what are you going to do? I was fairly happy with the first round pick. Offensive line guy from Alabama. Yes. You know, he was legit. 3,000 pounds, you know, 628 feet yeah. tall. Like uh, I was I was OK with that. But will we have football is the question. Yeah, we'll have football. We will have football <laughs> in some in some form. Do you, do you see they're talking about college in the spring? Wouldn't that be wild? That would be crazy. That would be crazy. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, though, Philly was hating big on Jalen Hurts. Yeah, which I, Carson Wentz, the chance of him, him getting hurt is like 99.9%. Yes. So to have a backup that's competent seems like a good decision to me. But yeah. who knows? Uh, you know, they let... This, the Bengals let Andy Dalton know or let Andy Dalton go today. Uh, curious to see where he ends up. The first three picks, Joe Burrows, remember, was sitting on yep. the bench at Ohio State. So he was a part of the Ohio State program. Then number two, Chase. And I mean, so number two and three, one, two, three, all pretty much Ohio State guys. Uh, yep. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Although I think 40% of the first round were SEC guys. Yeah, I remember remember when USC used to have guys drafted? That seems like forever ago. Yeah, that was that was the day. I think they had uh, one guy go in the first round. <laughs> and if you're just tuning in, this is the Chad and Cheese Football Podcast, brought to you today by Gatorade. <laughs> well, that being said, let's just go ahead and pivot really quick. I have a personal show recommendation, knowing that we're still all quarantining and we're okay. looking for things to watch. This show called Counterpart with uh, J.K. Simmons. That dude is an amazing actor. Uh, it's it's on Prime, and we just started watching season two. There's two seasons of it. Here's a little background. No spoilers. Yeah. Our world splits into like uh, two mirror-like worlds with one pathway between the two. Uh, they're pretty much exactly the same until world number two gets hit by a pandemic that kills 7% of the population. Yeah. So then there's friction between the two worlds as they become vastly different. Spy games happen, diplomacy, mercenaries, and a bunch of other really cool shit. The thing that really stuck with me is that Julie and I actually just started watching this. The whole pandemic thing, this, was, this is a, a 2017 show. So it's like foreshadowing some of the things that you and I have been talking about is, will you be wearing masks? Will we be wearing masks? How will post-COVID look? That kind of thing. It was it was interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, if you're going to throw out a show in, uh, in quarantine times, I'm going to throw out Too Hot to Handle oh, uh, because I, I threw out Love is Blind. I'm in a dating like wormhole. But so the have you heard about this show? Dude, you were like trash TV. Yeah, I know. I know. It's bad. It's bad. Uh, but it's the only thing that makes me not like throw my kid out the window. <laughs> so so the, the, this show is basically it's just really hot, young, horny people on this resort. And if they do physical stuff. 
uh-huh. uh, they get deducted from a $100,000 pool of money. So basically, if you kiss, money gets deducted. Uh-huh. If you have heavy petting, money deducted, and you get the idea of the show. So it's uh, it's pretty amusing, pretty good mindless entertainment if you need to just, you know, get away from all the, uh, I don't know, all the misery of today. Well, let me, I'm going to throw something at you real quick. Have you downloaded the Quibi app? No, but my wife has. Okay. And I ask her, I ask her every day, have you watched something on Quibi yet? And she goes, no. <laughs> yes. So I have. It's this okay. new app uh, from Jeffrey Katzenberg. Uh, it's a new content play and it's, it's really cool. It's all optimized for your phone. So it's not something that you can cast to a big screen or anything like that. And the shows, the episodes are like 10 minutes long. So they're like quick chunks. So if you just want to take, you know, 10 minutes out of the day, watch the next episode, get back to yep. work, that kind of thing. It's it's actually pretty cool. And I've watched uh, I've watched tons of stuff on it. It's got some oh. really good content. So it's like $4.99 a month after a three-month window, or is it more expensive than that? I think it's like five bucks. I can't, I can't remember. But like, yeah, for 90 days, it's free. So you're a buyer. Once it's paid, you're going to continue to pay for Quibi. Uh, it's a possibility. It depends on how much content I burn through. And there's so many, so many, you know, options. Like I'm seeing Peacock ads now. Yeah. I got uh, HBO on steroids coming out. I mean, you know, I'm we're all going to end up paying like four or five times more than what we paid when it was all in bulk from DirecTV. You know what was free though? The Humans at Work Film Festival that we just enjoyed yesterday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So our friends at Skill Scout, uh, they put on this really cool film festival. Torin Ellis was uh, him and Elena Valentine were emceeing. It was really cool. It was short videos uh, around the world at work. Did you did you guys get a chance to watch? I caught a few of the episodes. Essentially, Skill Scout does videos. So these were really well made. Yeah, I don't know, like short little documentaries about people at work and courageous things they've done or what to me, the, the one that I saw that was most impactful was the nine one one call. Oh yes. From Australia, wherever it was. And the mom is screaming. And I know it was, I know it was sort of acted, but it was based on a real nine one one call. So that was really cool. And, and the, the other thing that stood out to me was the chat room. People were incredibly active. Yes. And people have bleeding hearts, man. This is like people, people love this shit. Oh people yeah. Love- just soak up the love and the feels and clearly this was something people needed so that was very evident in the chat room when i was watching yes and and great content definitely that was my favorite it was called the operator uh, i believe it sounded to me like she was irish but uh, we'll let that one go overall that was i mean that really was impactful she wasn't american (laughs) but we had one american on deathmatch this last round uh, in three UK guys. Uh-huh. I don't know. The format was virtual. Let's talk about that first. What do you think about sort of the virtual death match versus the in-person? I like anything in person overall, but I mean, in this case, content's content. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I think, you know, we, we have to do some things around making sure that video doesn't lag and those types of yeah. things. Um, yeah. But overall, I mean, it was a blast. I mean, it, it was I don't know, sitting here drinking beer, watching Craig Rhodes 
in England drinking his beer and you drinking yours. And then we're just like smashing somebody. It was a blast. I really enjoyed it either way. Uh, would I have rather been on stage? Yeah. But did I have fun? Oh, fuck yeah, I did. Yeah. And Craig was drinking Budweiser, which I think pretty much <laughs> means he has to turn in his Union Jack membership card. <laughs> and and I will second the uh, the beer on demand with my, with my fridge a few feet away. And uh, you can't beat Flaming Hot Cheetos uh, when the snack urge hits you during a death match. So I, I did enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to our participants. Yes. Cloud RPO. Mm-hmm. Optimal. Uh, I've been calling them Get Optimal because that's their domain. Uh, okay. Daniel Fellows. We had Job Sync, who ended up winning the competition. Alex Murphy. Shout out to him. Very yeah. well played, my friend. And a, a site I hadn't heard of until you talked about them, uh, Sonic Jobs. And since Deathmatch, I've seen them in the news uh, like three or four times. So they're clearly making things happen as well. Yeah, I, I they didn't win. But I tell you what, it was razor thin. I, I think what we've seen with AMS pushing out hourly, this is something that is very close to that. I, I think there is a huge market for what Hell they yeah. are doing. Yep. Smart people, all companies, and it was tough. But again, Alex Murphy, Job Sync, the champion chain yep. is on its way. Well, actually, I don't know. Are our, our, our post offices even open now? Oh, yes. I got to figure out how to get that thing to him. Yeah. You got to get out of your house first. That's that's <laughs> the thing. The thing is, how many how many sex toys do I put in there with Champion of Chain? Depends on how much room you have. Yeah, Dennis Tupper actually sent uh, sent me a box, uh, sent me a box with a book uh, called Mindfuck, the uh, Cambridge Analytica story <laughs> about the plot to break America. Yep. The election's coming. And uh, I, I feel like Dennis wants me into more of a rant mode. So thanks, Dennis. I've already started chewing on the book a little bit. Appreciate it, man. A couple of cool tools from a couple of cool tools. <laughs> see what I see what I did there? Uh, Ivan Stojanovic. Uh, he's got uh, some new tech out there called My Robot. It's uh, this lead generation solution. That's really cool. It converts your connections to engaged audience. You can use it through LinkedIn. And then another one that I've I've mentioned before, but I use every single damn day. It's called Pager, P-A-I-G-E-R.co. That's a Kelly Robinson and, and Alistair's over there uh, messing around with the tech, but it's content engagement. And dude, I love it. It comes, it sends stories to my mobile phone via text. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is say yes, no update and it blasts out to my network. So it's yeah. really cool tools. Check them out. My robot, yeah. dot works and then pager.co. Those guys are uh, doing some cool stuff. Yeah. I did try to, I did try to download uh, my robot cause I, I researched for this show obviously. <laughs> and, uh, and for some reason, it had my my email was in the system, but then I tried to log in with that email with my common password and couldn't. And then, so it may be a little bit buggy, or maybe I need to to do it on my desktop. I don't know, but um, it it certainly sounds interesting. But Ivan 
he's the guy behind it, right? The Irish uh, Russian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time listener. Ivan McGregor or whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll be sure to check that out. Event. Or do we want to uh, shout out to Terry Baker? Oh, yeah. Get a, get a shout out to Terry Baker. Uh, so Terry Baker, correct me if I, I get this wrong, but apparently they did a, a survey at Pando Logic. Uh, they have Zoom meetings there and they have special guests come in and uh-huh. they had a little vote to say, who would we like to come in and say hi from the industry? And you and I were on, on top of the list, I guess, or somewhere in the list. So Terry said, hey, if I, if I ship you guys a little bit of liquor, would you come on, on a Zoom and talk to the <laughs> folks? And who are we to say no to the, to the people? Uh, so Terry Baker, uh, I got mine uh, Wednesday, I think, a Baker's bourbon and a, a, a case of beer. Nice. And it looks like you're going you're gonna to pick yours up today or tomorrow so you have it for the weekend. But yeah, we'll, we'll be talking to Pando here in the, in the next couple days or weeks. To say hi and get drunk, probably. To say hi, yes. And pretty much everything that we're doing from an event standpoint right now, Mm -hmm. sponsored by Shaker Recruitment Marketing. That's right. Is virtual. So, you know, it actually, it it makes it so much easier. You don't have to travel. You can have your bourbon with you. Like you said, you can have your fridge right there. It it just Mm -hmm. all makes it easier. Um, But but that being said, thanks again to Shaker Recruitment Marketing. I just just saw that Mike Timpkin, this is his 32nd anniversary at Shaker. Holy shit. (laughs) How many generations of shakers does that encompass? At least two, right? That's a very good question. We're going to have to dig up our Mike Timken interview (laughs) and share it. We got to check out the Mike Timken Wikipedia page to see exactly (laughs) how long uh, he's been there at Shaker. All right. Oh, but we've got another Deathmatch coming up. Deathmatch North America, May 19th. Yes, sir. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're turning up the heat on startups again already. Uh, We're Mm -hmm. currently deliberating on the four startups that we're choosing, and we'll get an announcement out sometime very soon. Can we name the two that are definitely, I think, going to be involved? Sure. So Applechat, our buddy Adam Chambers, <laughs> our favorite Irish men living in Mexico. I think he's still in Mexico. Yes. Uh, he, he did a firing squad. He's going to be on. And our buddies at Rectext, Brian and Brad, ah. uh, who we've, we've broken spicy Nashville hot chicken with in the past. <laughs> uh, they're going to be on, on Deathmatch. So Canada versus Mexico at this point for North American supremacy. We're, we're so global, dude. Yeah, the, uh, the the North American version of Deathmatch is supported by Jovio, Programmatic Hell Excellence yeah. on a Stick. Uh, there are three ways to get tickets. <laughs> on a stick. On a stick, yeah, you like that, right? Uh, there are three ways to get tickets. Number one, if you're in corporate HR talent acquisition, you can get them, or, or staffing an RPO, you can register for free. If you're a TA Tech yeah. member, you can register for free. Uh, if you're a non-member organization, you can go and for a slight price, you can also register, but definitely check it out at tatech.org. Now to the news. To the news. All right. We got layoffs. Let's hear it. Layoffs. Layoffs. All right. So came across the wire this week that telemetry uh, listeners will remember that they were acquired by Jobvite uh, late last year had gone through layoffs. So I called our good buddy, our new good buddy, Jeff Roars. Uh-huh. 
newly minted CMO there at Jobvite and former uh, also Clevelander, who which which you got to love that, right? Uh, so anyway, called him up for some clarity. Uh, so eight percent of the company saw layoffs, um, which encompasses about twenty six folks at the company. Okay. Uh, there are no there are no further plans for reduction. Um, this this is. Uh, mostly a COVID-19 situation, um, according to Jeff. Uh, the technology team was not touched um, during this uh, during this transition. And he was really quick to point out that telemetry is not a company. It's a product of JobBite. So to say that telemetry had layoffs is, is incorrect. It's incorrect. Um, Job, JobBite had layoffs. Um, and I, I assume some of the folks at telemetry, although he wasn't specific, um, maybe saw the pink slip come in, unfortunately for them. Gotcha. So it was the te- the telemetry product team. Is that the only part of Jobvite that saw uh, saw this on the layoffs? He wasn't real specific. Okay. He did say that tech wasn't touched. Most of the folks that were touched were in the sales uh, sales arena. Yeah, that's that's been the line that we've seen thus far with layoffs is that not all, but very heavily in sales and customer service. Yep. And that seems to be the case here as well. And on our way to non-layoff news, Google and Facebook... Looking to share revenues. This is a uh, article out of The Guardian. In December, the federal government uh, asked the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission to develop a code between media companies and digital platforms, including Google and Facebook. The quote unquote code was to require the companies to negotiate in good faith on how to pay news media for use of their content advise new media in advance of algorithm changes that would affect content uh, rankings and favor original source news content in search page results instead of everybody's other duplicated shit, right? So yep. uh, this is this is really interesting because a nation, the, the, the nation of Australia is saying, yep. okay, Google and Facebook, you are actually getting rich off of somebody else's content. So therefore, in this new economy, you need to start paying them. So how do how do we feel about this, Chad? I, I like it because without content, what's really driving engagement today anyway, right? Yeah. Especially on Facebook. This is the this is the type of content that is driving engagement on Facebook. Good, bad, and different. Doesn't matter. This is what's driving us to go to Facebook more often. The journalism profession is like it's such extremes because on one end you have more information than ever before, obviously more bad information than ever before, but you have more information than ever before, right? Like us having a podcast, we couldn't have done that 30 years ago, right? Like nobody, no radio station in the world would have let us come on to like talk about this shit. And that that goes for every industry in the world, right? So people have access to more information than ever before. Good journalism is still thriving surprisingly, right? Like the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, um, Chicago Tribune, um, organizations around the world are still thriving. To force Google and Facebook to pay, I don't know where you draw the line. Like I understand that the Indianapolis Star, right? Or the the Republic, uh, the Republic in Columbus, like should should they get money? Should the little uh, New Palestine paper get money from Facebook and Google? I don't know where you draw the line. And there's probably going to be lawsuits if Google doesn't pay those folks. 
um, or Facebook doesn't. Um, if I'm a well-known blogger, should I get money from Facebook? If our blog is awesome or our podcast is awesome, should we start getting money from Facebook? I just don't know where you draw the line. And part of me thinks that local news and the newspaper should be thought of almost as like the postal service. Like it's somewhat government subsidized or guaranteed because it's a public service, a local service where it's not as as dependent upon classified advertising and banner advertising and display advertising. I don't know what you do with journalism. I don't know if this is the answer, but it seems like a real quagmire to start forcing Facebook and Google and others to start paying uh, content providers. Yeah, well, again, the platforms wouldn't get the engagement that they would today if they didn't have that kind of content. Yeah. Like they get a lot of traffic from like, they both benefit from each other. Yeah. Right. I don't know, dude. It's a, it's a hard, hard question to answer. Depends on how you monetize it. Cause that's really how you have to look at this now as a business model. Is it monetized on the number of shares, the number of click throughs, those types of things. So, I mean, there's no reason that we can't do this. I mean, right. period overall, but I think there, there does have to be lines drawn in the sand. Uh, this is just a, an interesting conversation. We're not doing it here in the US yet, but why not have the conversation? Yeah. And part of the question is, you know, should should Google and Facebook decide who's a publisher or what's a news source? Or should your local government decide what's a journalist or what's a news source? Well, this is a national thing in Australia. So this is not, you know, this is not the locals doing it. This would be a federal, I mean, this would be a federal national kind of, uh, of a conversation. If you're going to do business as a social platform, and, and again, we're talking about right now, Google and Facebook, who are the next platforms, right? To, to be able to, to prospectively start absorbing yeah. and paying out for this content. Yeah. I mean, the question becomes who decides who should Google and Facebook pay? I assume it's the federal government in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. That's who, well, that's who's doing it now. So I, it's just, a, it's just a really, it's an interesting question. And, and we, as we, as like societies need to decide how we, you know, how we value news and good journalism and for the last 20 years, we haven't given a shit about journalism. And in the process, we've got fake news. We've got Russian uh, Russian meddling in our elections with crappy news. And twi- like we realize, I think, a lot of us that news and good news and journalism is incredibly important to the commonwealth of humanity. But how do we support that? I don't know. Maybe this, maybe Facebook and Google, you know, subsidizing it will work. I think that's going to be a tough thing to do in the U.S. versus maybe smaller countries. I think it's a conversation we need to have either way. You know, these companies don't thrive. Google and Facebook don't thrive without this type of content. And this is the type of content that people obviously want. So that's where you start. What gets shared the most? Overall, take a look at the actual data points, right? What gets shared the most and then start having conversations around those outlets. Same thing on on Google, right? What gets searched on the most? It's the same kind of thing. We are dumb humans, but this isn't hard. This is not hard. And every time we say something's complex, the reason why we say something's complex is because we don't want to fucking do anything about it. And that's the problem. We need to change how we think about things and quit 
pushing them down the road because that's what politicians do. They try to make us think that things are fucking complex when they're not. It's a fantastic topic. It really is. Like it's it's incredibly interesting. The history of journalism is interesting and the where where it goes from here is interesting. It is an interesting topic for sure. Yes. And it's why you have the conversation. You don't you don't just pop out of the box with an answer. You have to have conversations and look at all the different angles on who this perspectively impacts. Right. Not to mention down the road. What's the 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 intention could have uh, negative impacts down the road. Right. So that's why you have the discussions. But again, as soon as we start thinking this is complex then nobody wants to do anything about it, we have to focus on simple solutions right out of the box. Sure. And a simple solution, as you just said, is Microsoft Teams, Teams. man, is fucking payoff. So Business Insider uh, has this great story. Microsoft Teams now has 75 million daily active users. And, and that's adding 31 million in just over a month. Yeah. So you're starting to see traction with teams. And we've talked about this because everybody loves Slack, but Slack doesn't have the embedded suite that Microsoft does. Yeah. You know, this, uh, the quarantine culture that we have been thrown into, uh, has really put a light on, you know, zoom obviously for, for video conversations with not just companies, but just people's families. And, and we've embraced zoom in our family. I'm sure you have embraced zoom or something else. Slack saw its day in the sun because that was sort of a stay-at-home uh, virtual work tool. Um, you know, when all this was going on, I think you and I were both thinking, "Yeah, wait till Microsoft, you know, in its quarterly report talks about Teams and how many people are using that." They're actually advertising it now here in the states, which is yeah. really interesting. But yeah, like you said, shit, they're just blowing up. Slack stock has come back from its uh, March, April lows, but it's sort of uh, in sort of a holding pattern uh, right now. We've seen Zoom stock, you know, launch to the moon and sort of come come back a little bit uh, from their place. But Microsoft continues to chug. And interestingly, right, Facebook, yeah, which I think you shared in our our private news feed, is starting their own sort of Zoom competitor. So now you're going to have. Micro, or you're going to have Facebook come in and try to play this uh, as, as Google as well yep. had a great earnings report too. They have uh, you know their own sort of video product, but not really a messaging product that anyone talks about. Well, Hangouts was what Google had and, and it yeah. was really buggy and kind of shitty. Well, what they did was they renamed it last month, I think it was, Google yeah. Meet, which is now free. But man, I just feel like they are late to the party. I mean, the, the big question is who can compete? The um, Microsoft CEO, Satya uh, Nadella, actually says that in healthcare, there were over 34 million Teams meetings in the past month. Over 183,000 educational institutions are now using the tool. And I would assume that some of those probably moved over from Zoom to ensure that their kids did not get Zoom bombed. When you talk about corporate video, messaging, email, whatever, um, ultimately, Microsoft is going to call these folks who are already using Microsoft products and say, you know what? Are you really confident about using Zoom for security purposes and reasons? And if not, we have this product called Teams that is already in, in compliance with all of your security uh, protocols. And what do you think most of those IT pros are going to decide? Do you think they're going to like embrace 
Zoom and other platforms? Or do you think they're going to default to the tried and true Microsoft? Every technical admin that I've ever dealt with, it's always the tried and true shit. Yeah. Well, one thing you should try and has no security issues yes. is our, our friends at JobAdX. Let's hear from them. And we'll talk about Amazon drama again for the third or fourth straight week. Come on. Stand out in a feed full of boring job ads with a dynamic, enticing video that showcases your company culture, people, and benefits with Job AdX. Instead of hoping that job seekers will stumble upon your employment branding video, Job AdX seamlessly displays it in the job description while they're searching, building a connection, and reducing candidate drop off. You're spending thousands of dollars on beautiful, informative employment branding videos that just sit on a YouTube channel, begging to be discovered. Why not feature them across our network of over 150 job sites to proactively compel top talent to join your team? Help candidates see themselves in your role by emailing joinus at jobadx.com. That's joinus at jobadx.com. Attract, engage, employ with Job AdX. Power to the people. I don't know if we talked about Bezos, Jeff Bezos, uh, Amazon founder and CEO, is taking a more active role in the company. I don't know if you saw this or not. So I expect these kinds of stories to, to continue to be a thing as Mr. Bezos takes more of a, a hands-on approach to squashing the labor uprising that's going on at Amazon right now. Yeah. I thing is, this is happening more than just Amazon. So what we're seeing is an app called Shipped Chain yep. is changing people's pay in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, Shipped is owned by Target and has tinkered with that formula back and forth. And many of the many of the people that actually uh, are employed by Shipped and Target uh, are complaining of smaller paychecks and lack of pay transparency. But now they're starting to pretty much pull everybody together and focus on taking action and creating a union with a na- nationwide walkout. So the, the Jeff Bezos of the world, they can try to squash this and they're going to continue to try, even in plain sight, they're going to try to squash this stuff. But we're talking about a pandemic. Now, these workers are essential, yet they couldn't earn a living wage three months ago. And they're having the same problems right now, even as they address higher risk jobs every single day. Most of these workers have unreliable income unpredictable schedules and limited healthcare and benefits. We've been talking about a living wage for how long now? And now we have these essential people who aren't even aren't even making $15 an hour with benefits, which once again is 30,000 around $30,000 before taxes. So, we've talked about these unions organizing for a long time. And as long as unemployment, you know, as long as times are good, um, unemployment's down, people do have a job, right? Yeah. It, it's not as big of an issue. There's a window right now where these folks can unionize. I mean, seriously, imagine, imagine right now if workers in Amazon and Walmart walked out for three days and said, we're going to let everyone in, the, in this country know how important we are to these basically too big to fail retailers, which is essentially what Amazon and Walmart are. Yeah. Um, things would improve for them very quickly, I would think. But for whatever reason, 
that it's it's too fragmented. I don't I don't know exactly why. I'm not a union expert, but why there isn't someone like organizing these folks to walk out for 72 hours or whatever it is to let these companies know that they need to be fair. This window won't be open forever. And unemployment is high and will remain high for a long time. Eventually, these folks won't be as essential as they are today, or at least perceptually not as essential. And unemployment is going to be so high that they're not going to have a story to tell because there'll be five other people to take their job if they do get laid off. So, you know, I wish someone in the labor union movement or, or, or would organize these folks to let the the higher ups in the government know how important they are because things aren't going to change unless that happens. Uh, shipped had a walkout in early April, and they were joined by Instacart, Uber, Amazon, Walmart, McDonald's, and Whole Foods. And you're right. That's not something that Jeff Bezos is incredibly happy about. And as a matter of fact, they're trying to do things internally to ensure that Amazon workers can't communicate, trying to suppress email lists so that they can't communicate and start to formulate this, this, these types of unions, these walkouts. Yeah. It's an age old story, right? Corporate, corporate interest versus, you know, labor. Corporate, corporate America in this case is going to do whatever they can internally to squash these uprisings um, and fragment the workforce. And I'm sure contract workers are part of that, right? Like we're not full employees, but we work here, so we can't unionize. And I mean, they have a whole strategy of, of making sure walkouts don't happen. And the walkouts that you mentioned or the walkout, I mean, how many people knew about that? Yeah. And what did it actually do? I think it, I think they, they need to think bigger um, to make an impact. But anyway, uh, I think ultimately the government's going to have to step in to Amazon in regards to taxes and, and in regards to how they treat employees and you know a, a minimum wage on the national level and and even Elizabeth Warren and and her you know folks are talking about breaking up big tech, which I'm becoming more and more a believer in um, because of situations just like this. Yeah. And, and then you have a company like Ford that does have a union mm-hmm. and the, the Detroit Free Press reports Ford execs, uh, their exec pay is 70 million and that exceeds the company's profits in 2019. And none of those motherfuckers are essential. I guarantee you. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. That brings a whole other mess of of issues as well. But yeah, shit's shit's a little broken uh, in our country and a lot of other places. And if there's a silver lining to uh, the pandemic, it may be a leveling out of of what's going on in in corporate corporate world uh, in terms of how they treat labor. We can hope. We have to we have to focus on the humans first, right? And then talking about actual human rights and and what pay should look like, an actual living human rights pay, right? What does that look like? What does what do benefits do, do does every American deserve health care? It's, it's a question. Okay, then how how do we fucking do it? Because I believe every human being deserves health care. But until Chad gets named ruler of the world, which God help us, there are a lot of people who disagree with that. And to come to a consensus on that is a long way off. And, and those motherfuckers are monsters. And let's just put that out there. Anybody who believes that that some people have a right to health care and some people don't have a right to health care, 
those people are fucking monsters. Fair enough. But you'll agree that a lot of people don't agree with you on that one. And they're monsters. I agree. They're monsters. They're monsters. Uh, Factorial. Uh, Big money winner this week. Factorial, a company out of Spain. What a name. uh, Got 16 million US, which is not chump change. No. To basically, and here's that word again, automate the entire HR function. Uh, Pretty much everything they're looking at at automating. So they, uh, similar to remote and uh, Oyster from last week, uh, (laughs) if you're automating shit, you're going to get money. And these guys got 16 mil. Yes. And Barcelona. Man, I love Barcelona. We should go over there and check those guys out. It's pronounced Barcelona. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting because they're focused on the SMB market. I, I took a look at the product a little bit. It's 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 yep. pretty sexy. It's one of those things that, you know, if you're going to be in a system all day or even partially, right? Yep. You want to have UI or even user experience UX that is that 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 feels good. That's easy mm-hmm. on the eyes, right? And, and that's what we're seeing with a lot of these platforms is that uh, they're, they're really trying to make it smooth. They're making, trying to make it easy. And they're trying to take a lot of those steps out so that you don't have to screw around with the minutia. So that's, sure. yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, it's great that you talk about design. And I think that we take that for granted. But a yeah. lot of the, the the traditional old guard, you know, players, they're not real nice on the eyes for the most part. And no. I think part of the growth of Lever and Greenhouse, uh, people embracing that, has, was just the fact that they look nice. Like they look new. They look cool. They look like, you know, they don't look like Windows 95. And there is something to be said for that because in today's today's world, having good design is sort of, you know, the default. If you don't have that, just don't even bother. It's got to be sexy. And you know who is sexy? God damn it. Our friends at Sovereign. Uh, let's hear from them and we'll talk about, God help us, uh, stripper drive throughs Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Well, Chad, I know, I know you've been concerned about the welfare of strippers in this pandemic. Of course. Out of Oregon, we have a ray of, of sunshine and hope for the profession. You want to tell us about drive through strip clubs? So it's interesting because the lucky devil strip club. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Offers what they call food to go-go. See what they did there? (laughs) After first offering food delivery, because it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we, we have to at least try to get some income coming in. Yep. They they had uh, food delivery that was going. Uh, the Lucky Devil Lounge Strip Club has started a second venture, food pickup via a drive-through strip club. Mm-hmm. Four go-go dancers perform undercover uh, of an indoor tent in the club parking lot while customers wait for their food orders and their car. So what you do is you yeah. go there and you order a big order so that obviously you're there for a little bit longer. 80 wings. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a DJ who plays songs. Yeah. The 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 workers, if you will, are all wearing masks while they're yes. on the pole and doing their thing. There's lights, fog, there's a giant disco ball. I mean, this is just awesome. This is innovation, people. So it when is. you're 
When you're thinking of how can I in this time, here's my problem. The problem is the coronavirus, the six feet, all this other fun stuff uh, that everybody hates. How can I still get people to come and spend money with us? And how can I help my people, my employees, right? I mean, that's the biggest question right now because you have to cut staff down, so on and so forth. How can we get more of that money out to the employees Ta-da! In the videos, the guys uh, that are tipping have gloves on, and the girls are—it's just ridiculous. And so, so uh, Bolden, a uh, guy that's the the owner, whatever, said uh, in quote, "I love this." The dancers are happy to be working and be labeled as essential workers, and that pretty much, to me, just sums it all up. And I have one more thing to add on this show, unless you have more stripper stuff to add. No, go ahead. All right. Do you see the story about the the Air Force uh, or Defense Department unveiling UFO videos from the last 20 years or something? Yes. And we don't need aliens right now. OK, <laughs> but this would have like, seriously, this should be the biggest story in the world. Yes. Like there are aliens. Right. Basically. I mean, unless someone can explain this shit that flies 3000 miles an hour then there are aliens and they're coming to our planet. And this is a huge story and nobody's talking about it because of the pandemic. So good on the defense department to know when to unveil this shit, but this is a huge story and no one's talking about it. I just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah. And I think, I think aliens, it's fairly simple. The aliens came, they did a drive by, saw how fucked up humans are and said, let's get, let's get out of here. This is not the neighborhood we want to get out in. But now that we have drive-through strip clubs, they might stick around. That's a good know. point. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know, and yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar, blue, nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.